Welcome back to What's in the Box, the Doctor Who podcast that invites you to discuss your favourite things from the universe of Doctor Who. My name's Jim and I'll be your host as we delve into the things that make Doctor Who for you. Tonight I'm delighted to welcome my final guest for this first season of the show, Mr Dave Rennie. How are you doing tonight Dave? Hello Jim, uh, yeah I'm doing great thanks, how is yourself? I am not too bad. Yeah, I've, um, I'm looking forward to as we're recording this, we're getting we're getting closer to Christmas. Um, yes. So I think but we'll be in the new year by the time this goes out to the listeners. Yeah, Christmas is just around the corner and I've got two days off next week, which by my calculations means I've only got five more working days and then I'm off for Christmas. I hate you completely, Jim, because I've <laughs> not got much time off over Christmas. I only get the set days off, but I do that every year, so I can't really uh, complain. <laughs> I, I mean, I tell a lie. I'm on call for two days in, in that Christmas week, but that's fine. Two days out of however long we get off is absolutely <laughs> fine by me, uh, unless any disasters happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, to, so you've picked a, quite an interesting uh, selection of um, topics to, uh, to talk about tonight. But um, what I wanted to kind of ask you first, um, very briefly, is uh, we've we've recently watched the the tenant specials for the 60th anniversary and i kind of uh, i wanted mm. to get uh, uh, kind of your brief views on on how you felt about those stories uh, whether you liked them whether you didn't like them i love them um mm. i'll be honest i was a bit skeptical about a year ago when we saw tenant coming back it was not a surprise really obviously it was being leaked really been coming back mm. and i wasn't sure about an old doctor coming back is that I wasn't quite sure about it, but what I loved about it was he didn't play it the same way. Really, I mean, he was really the 10th Doctor, but he wasn't because there was certainly a maturity and a difference in his performance. That You could tell this was a guy who was coming to it 15 years later. Mm. And I think he had said himself, he hadn't went back and watched all the old tapes and everything. He'd just done what he thought from what he remembered, sort of mm. thing. And I loved it. Um, the first one was so funny. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> so Russell. So like partners in crime esque, just a lot of fun. And then the second one was just terrifying, wasn't it? It was mm. just Wild Blue Yonder. I thought was terrific. Um, mm. I mean, everyone's talking about the CGI and yeah, um, you know, could, is that the best thing they could do? Get a long corridor, but I, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. CGI. I thought it was amazing the CGI. I thought, you know, I mean, it's. It, I, I think sometimes we can be spoilt, um, and I think we we don't realize what we've got sometimes you know i think we've yeah. we've moved on so so far from what we used to have and uh i thought for for a, a show on bbc one on on a on a saturday night i thought it was fantastic special effects in wild blue yonder and then the last one of course the one we've just seen at the weekend there the giggle i mean neil patrick harris just mm. absolutely blew it the park really mm. I mean, it was just fantastic as the toy maker and what a savvy move from russell to bring him back i mean it's a character that okay, it, the, there's there's questions and about you know the character in the sixties wearing the outfit and everything. Uh, but what a potential character that is, and I thought that was a really savvy move to bring him back because you can do so much with a guy that plays games. And, you can, yeah, and the regeneration is sort of, Nucci Gatwa. He's going to be brilliant. You can just tell he's going to be brilliant. Oh, I know. Um, I'm so excited to see what he brings to the table. I mean, it's a shame in a way he's going to have trousers on. Probably, or a kill on in the <laughs> Christmas special. I wasn't too disappointed he was just going about in his pants, but hey, you know, it's BBC One. Uh, we can't cover <laughs> up, I suppose. So. No, he was amazing. Um, depends what he's got under his kilt, though, doesn't it? 
Oh yes, is he a true Scotsman or not? Yeah, I suspect we won't find out. <laughs> no, uh, we can leave that to our imaginations. <laughs> I, I gave my opinion on the on the, the the short giggle podcast that I did with Aaron, but um, I absolutely loved the the specials and the 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 tenth Doctor has never been a f- massively favourite Doctor of mine. However, it, I felt it was the, the the best move that Russell could have made for a 60th anniversary um, to kind of bring back a popular doctor and sort of draw back in the general public who may have moved on to, you know, since from 15 years ago. But he was different enough from the 10th Doctor. The 14th Doctor has become one of my favorite new who doctors which i i was i'm i surprised myself you know that he came out quite near the top of my, and i don't like ranking the doctors but you know tenant was always just he just irritated me a little bit so <laughs> when he came back as 14 i was like oh this is different it's a slightly different take on the doctor and again like you say there's yeah. kind of a level of uh, maturity there as well uh behind the 14th doctor so yeah no i i, I really enjoyed the the specials and um and by the time this goes out we hopefully have enjoyed the church on ruby road as well so oh yeah i mean we know a couple of mutual friends that have been lucky enough to go and see it last night oh. which i was very envious about but brilliant for them the thing about 14 which is interesting for me is that usually obviously a new actor comes in it takes them a year or so apart from if you're matt smith but that's another sort of story mm-hmm. um to get to grips with the role, and then you see like they're, they're sort of they're getting too into it, but yeah. because Tenet had been it before, it was fascinating to see somebody coming back, hmm. and then just hitting it from the off because of course, but playing it slightly different because there's been a gap. Yeah, it was. But it, it wasn't quite the same feeling as say I'm coming back for the fiftieth, where it's like a not a cameo, but he's not the the, the current Doctor. So that was fascinating, just seeing that, as you say, the subtle subtle differences. And I think by the time by the time um, it came round to watching the giggle, I actually didn't didn't want Tennant to go. I was, I mean, no. you know, I'm I'm absolutely thrilled about about the fifteenth Doctor, and I cannot wait to see that. But I was uh, I was like, oh, really, I could do with a, a, like a full series of of this Doctor. And uh, yeah, I never thought I'd say that about about Tennant. And I love Tennant. I think Tennant's a fantastic actor, and I do enjoy the tenth Doctor. But I was like. Uh, I was just kind of before the specials start before the specials aired. I was like, okay, so yeah, I'll enjoy these, but let's get to the new stuff in 2024. But I was blown away by it. I was like, yeah, this is this is great. This is fantastic. He's fantastic. So yes, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by the whole thing. Okay, so um, what I'm going to do first is I'd just like to well. Secondly, because we've already done the first thing, um, is I'd like to kind of just ask kind of briefly your journey into Doctor Who and how you discovered the programme and uh, how you got involved in, in, in fandom as well, because you, you also uh, you also run your own podcast as well, don't you? Yeah, um, I'm lucky enough to um, have been invited on a couple of podcasts and then I thought, oh, I've got an idea for one myself. And so, yeah, um, and I'm had guests like yourself on, which is great. You know, I, I thought, oh, nobody's going to want to speak to me about, you know, <laughs> what, what I got to say, what do I offer? But I've been overwhelmed by that people want to talk about Doctor Who, really, which is great. Um, mm. But my um, getting into Doctor Who, my first memory of it was watching it, the Sylvester McCoy stories. So I was not quite five, and my first memory is Paradise Towers, and specifically the moment where 
the doctor exits the TARDIS, he puts his hat up to the, the robot and he kicks a box and there's a rat underneath it. Mm. And I remembered that just vividly. Um, and I remember bits and bobs of that story. Like, I think I remember the cleaners and Elizabeth Spriggs, you know, trying to eat people and, mm. <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> but um, so I remember that. And then my next memory was really the greatest show in the galaxy and the chief clown running around the tent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really season 26, I remember. Um, Ghost Light, that atmosphere, and I remember the Reverend turning into being devolved into a monkey mm-hmm. and survival with the bit where Ace is underneath the climbing frame, I remember. Yeah. But this one that really, really was like burnt in my memory and, and I'll never forget was The Curse of Fenwick because I absolutely terrified me. I was literally, when they say behind the sofa, my mum's sofa was between the telly and the kitchen mm. and she was making like cheese on toast when that was on and I was behind the couch and I was terrified I, mm. I, that really really made a big impact on me so it never really left me after that um I, I, it must it seemed as a kid as yes you know like years but it must have only been a year or two later a childhood friend of mine that uh, I don't he moved to Ireland and I've not contact with him now but uh our two mums um we were both born the same day because our two mums were in the hospital and that's how they became friends. Ah, I see. Um, so I knew him from obviously growing up and he had a copy somehow of The Five Doctors mm. on tape and it had obviously Doctor Who in it and I thought, oh, well, I kind of remember there was a show called Doctor Who. Is that another one that just terrified me? <laughs> and uh, I must have borrowed that from him about six, seven, eight times and remembered every single line and... It was doctors I hadn't seen before, obviously. Mm. I absolutely loved it. And then really what... It, so it was always really there. And then a fateful... My mum would probably think, oh, God, what did we begin here? But March 1992, into Woolworths. We had a Woolworths just along from where my folks live in Leaf in Edinburgh. And there was a big display of Doctor Who cassettes. And the one I immediately latched onto was... Because I looked through them and I was wanting to buy one. I said, oh, can I buy one, mum? And she's like, oh, you can buy one. And the one I latched onto was the Caves of Androzani. And that was simply because ah. I looked at the back and it said the Doctor's Sixth Regeneration. Obviously, the DHS yeah. was, was, there was a typo there, but I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but the Caves, and I thought, a regeneration. And I seem to remember my sister one time telling me that she remembered that story. So anyway, I got that story and I absolutely thought it was the best thing I'd ever seen, ever. Um, and then the next one I bought was the Twin Dilemma, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> which was on a Woolworths exclusive. And Little did I know that in the fans' polls, of course, that's the, went from the best story of all time to the worst story of all time. Mm-hmm. But to me, I still like the Twin Dilemma. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know where the hate for that comes from. I, I mean, okay, no. it's not great, but it's it's nowhere near the bottom of my opinion. And then it kicked no. up from there, and then every month I was sent my mum being a little brat, going, oh, come on, I want another video, and, and her getting more and more like, what have I started here? <laughs> and then it's sort of saved me ever since. I always had spells where maybe I went on to, off to other things, and I went through a spell like in Star Trek and mm. some other things, but I always seemed to come back to it. It was like a magnet, always sort of drawn me back, and I would yeah. watch them again. It's all, it's kind of always there, isn't it, the show? It's, I think that, that, you know, I'm the same as you, really, that, that there's, I think probably in my early 20s no actually no i tell like probably from probably about the age of 16 up until probably the my early 20s i kind of disappeared away from the show a little bit and um you know there wasn't a lot going on at the time with with the show there was the books and the comics and the audios but it 
you know, I kind of, I drifted a little bit, but I, I, again, yeah, it's like, like saying it's a magnet. It always draws you back into it, doesn't yeah. it? So, and it's never, you know, it's never, it's never gone away for me for years now. So there'll be times when I don't watch it as much, but I found that through uh, meeting uh, like-minded people on, on mo mostly Twitter um, and uh, being part of this kind of podcast family that we've, we, we kind of yeah. developed between us um, with, uh, with our, with our Lord and master, the podfather himself, Joe, <laughs> uh, <laughs> looking at, looking after us all, but it, it's kind yeah. of like, it's, it's yeah. almost like it's there constantly for me now. There are other things that I watch or read or, or whatever. And there's other hobbies that I've got, but Doctor Who is a constant for me now uh, in my life. And I think it's a, it's also a, it, it's a comfort as well for me because it's probably one of the only shows where I can I can escape to when I really need to when I've had a bad day or I need to kind of go back to some kind of feelings of being safer like when I was a child I can go <laughs> to a Doctor Who story so it's yeah it, I think the older you get the more likely it is that it's going to stick with you I think definitely absolutely I mean when I was at school I was literally the only Doctor Who fan because mm, I would have been same here when it finished, oh, uh, trying to even do the maths, I would have only been about <laughs> seven when it ended. So literally, I was the only kid in school, and like you know, oh, he, he David watches Doctor Who. Um, mm. But um, and then of course it came back in '96 for the movie, and I vividly remember nobody else still watched Doctor Who, but I did. Obviously, watching the tapes and so on, and uh, they're like, "Isn't that show Doctor Who that you like?" Oh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's but you know," <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I was sort of alone as it as it were and then it came back in 2005 and i was over it was almost like a two finger salute to everyone in my kid childhood it was just like oh yeah. you watched that <laughs> shitty show doctor who it was like there you go it's fucking back <laughs> and it's the best thing on tv get it up yes you know sort of thing because i knew how good it was yeah we all well we all know how good it was but to the general public it wasn't seen as like it was seen as this you know relic in the yeah. past it had wobbly sets of which is loaded mm -hmm. nonsense but yeah and then it became the biggest thing on tv and it was just like wow and it deserved mm. it because it the, the idea of yeah. Doctor Who is just so unique and 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 i mean i remember i i, I had much much similar re um reaction to you really um as you really so so i remember when uh voyage of the damned got was it 13 million uh something yeah. like 13 million and i just remember i just remember kind of sat there thinking we've won <laughs> you know yeah. we we have yeah. won <laughs> after all those years of being ridiculed and being the only person in my secondary school at least watching the show i was like we've won we've won we're the biggest thing in the world <laughs> and it was yeah, just it was an amazing, amazing feeling felt amazing, wasn't it? and yeah. it's great now i mean obviously like it's it's never went away and it never would i mean uh, you have fans that didn't like the Muffet or the Whitaker and that's totally up to them. But mm. Russell seems to have this magic that they didn't, where he just manages to get the general public more into it. It's, um, mm. Who cares about the viewing figures, really? I mean, they yeah. make a big deal about the papers, but next year I'm pretty certain that it's going to be the biggest it's been for years, just because oh, I think so. they hate Russell T Davies. You know, I think so. And we'll know we'll know about this by the time this com comes out. But from reading like your spoiler pre uh, spoiler free reviews of of the Christmas episode, it does feel like it's going to be it's going to be kind of back to basics. You know, you don't have to have watched anything beforehand to to get into the show. And I think it, it so it, in similar 
vein to series one with Eccleston. So it is definitely the 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 best yeah. route. Every now and again, Doctor Who just does that. It's just it's kind of a soft reboot, really, isn't it? I think it's not ignoring the past, but it's saying, right, okay, let's leave the past parked for a little bit and we'll now move forward with the future. And I think that's the yeah. that's the best way of doing it, I think. Okay, so we'll go on to your first topic for this evening. Again, you like I said before, you've picked a, an interesting range of um, of topics to discuss. And the first topic is, well, I'll let you explain to the listeners what it is you, that you've picked. Well, one of the brilliant things about Doctor Who is, of course, as we all know, is that every couple of years, whether the actor's ill or um, wants to go into other things or whatever, they change the lead actor. They mm. have a regeneration. Um, and I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the my favourite regeneration, really. Mm. I, I, I just love that part of the show. I mean, it's really, as the actors say, quite interesting in that when an actor becomes Doctor Who, it's almost like from the beginning they're planning their exit. Which mm. <laughs> seems <Yeah>. really cruel. <laughs> it seems really bad. But there is something magical about um, when us fans, when we know that our Doctor's leaving it is sad, but at the same time, we have this excitement of, oh, my God, it's going to go in a different direction. What's going mm. to happen next? Yeah. And um, we always sort of speculate, you know, how are they going to regenerate? How are they going to do it? How's the effect going to be? And, um, yeah, so we've had quite a few, obviously, over the years, haven't we? We've had uh, quite a few doctors dying of old age. We've had mm. um, radiations came up quite a few times. Yeah, we've um, had falling off an exercise bike as well. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer, if, if, honestly, listen to... Um, uh, Brink of Death, the big finish one, if you haven't. Ah, uh, yeah, That's, I have listened in my to head it. Canon, in my head canon, he's not full of that generation. That, <laughs> that is how he done it with the Valyard. I won't say any more. Uh... <laughs> well, they did it. They did a book as well, didn't they? Uh, Spiral Scratch, which um, yes. I've not read Spiral Scratch, and I, I don't know that. how he regenerates at the end of that either. But um, but yeah, there's a, there's 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 some better options than exercise bikes out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it just seemed justice for Colin really getting that. Big yeah. finish regeneration, falling off a bike, and yeah, it's just like, come on, it get better. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, we've had quite a few. Obviously, the scene before a doctor changes from one to another is always quite obviously personal, and it's quite a sad moment, or it can be a joyous moment. Mm. Um, I personally prefer the regenerations that are a bit more positive. Yes. So, my favourite is the ninth to the tenth doctor, mm. where Chris Eccleston changed and the reason that's my favorite um is that it's a doctor that's a tortured doctor chris eccleson's doctor he's a war-torn doctor but by the end of the series and that's why i've not went back to the audios with chris eccleson and i know that sounds strange why not but it's almost like his series is so perfect the story that the thought yeah. of jamming in another 20 stories at the beginning just i think would ruin it for me so mm. i'm saying clear of him um and he's went through all this torture, talking to Rose about how his planets died, blah, 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 blah. And then by the end of the series, it's almost like he's ready to, right, I'm ready to start anew and have a yeah. bright new future. Mm. And the regeneration scene, I think, is just so lovely because obviously Rose wakes up and it's like, what happened to the Daleks? And he says, oh, you know, the Daleks uh, ran away, I sang to them. And then he looks at his hand, but instead of a, oh my God, I'm going to change Rose, this is the end of the world. He has this, Beautiful little speech, and I think little is the key word because some of the later regenerations 
Uh, I like I love Peter Capaldi, but this scene goes on and on and on and on. Yes. And Chris just has this little speech about, you know, like, um, I was going to show you so many things, but unfortunately I can't now, but you will see me with a new face. And we were both brilliant. And he changes. And I just, yeah. Every time I watch that regeneration, I smile. Mm. There's no, a, you know, a crying or a, oh, my God, I'm so sorry to hear him go. It's almost like I'm like him. Yeah. I'm happy for him to have got his closure and then he goes. It, it, it's almost like an acceptance that, you know, he kind of, he realises that this is the process. There's nothing he can do about it. It's just a fact of his life that he's going to regenerate. There's no, oh, a new man comes sauntering in and takes over yeah. from me. You know, there's 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 none of there's none of that. It's all, yeah, this this is just what it is. You know, it's just going to happen, Rose. And 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 yeah, I I like that as well. Like when I first saw that, I was in floods of tears at the end of it because I didn't want him to go. And by the time I saw Tenant, I was laughing my head off because I just thought this is yeah. fantastic. You know. Yeah, because the new man comes in and he makes a joke about his teeth. But the other thing I remember about that is when it was on, believe it or not, when right as he was regenerating, the phone went. And oh. it was not on the phone. And I had and we had to literally say, look, can you call back in five minutes? You've actually phoned at the key point of this Doctor episode, the, the regeneration. You cannot do this to us. <laughs> Just go away and come back. Um, <laughs> it's always I remember laughing about it now when I think about it. But yeah, it's just such a joyous scene. Um, and... I just think the regenerations are better like that. I mean, yeah. obviously, we've had Jodie's one recently, which is another mm-hmm. another one of the same. You know, it's obviously so sad that she wanted to spend so much more time with Yaz. Yeah. But the final moment, she's joyous and she's just saying, you know what, right, okay, right, I'm changing now. Um, tag you're it. Yeah. It's, it's over to you now. I'm passing the baton. I'd much prefer that to the, like, David Tennant's first one. He was such a iconic doctor. And mm. he deserved, I think, the going around and seeing everybody for the last time and so on. So I think he deserved it. But the last scene in the TARDIS where he's like sort of, I don't want to go anything. It's just, I'll oh, just go. Yeah. Got to the point where you're just... I think, you know, for, for me, it was almost the tenant one. And, and with, you know, like you say, visiting old companions and things like that, it almost felt like it was, it was done for the viewer and for the public rather yes. than the fans, I reckon, because... It, it's kind of, you know, the the public didn't want him to go. So I think Russell tuned into that and wrote that into the story. Oh, the, the, the public don't want him to go, so let's make it really, really sad that he's going and make it that he doesn't actually want to go either. When we get the big overblown ones like that, I'm not I'm not keen on. And again, you, you know, you mentioned the, the Capaldi regeneration too. And it's not, yeah, it's, I mean, for me, the, the Capaldi series... Uh, Capaldi's reign should have ended at the end of World Enough and Time. Uh, sorry, The Doctor Falls anyway. So it, it, that would have been a perfect regeneration story. Um, we know the reasons why that didn't happen. I think when you get to a point where you're thinking, yeah, okay, you know, get off now. We need the next guy, I think, <laughs> yes. or, or, or woman. You know, that I, I, I think that's when... Um, I, like, I like quite a few of the older stories in the classic series where it's literally the Doctor's up an adventure, but then he just happens to change it at the end rather than it's all mm. about the Doctor. Now, you could argue, obviously, like Planet Spiders is a love letter for John Perry, and it is. And it's a lovely send-off. But, yeah, the, the modern-day ones where it's like the like a 10-minute speech before he goes, I just think is, nah, I just... This, the, I mean, I, I was thinking about this um, this earlier on, and I quite like, and, and I'll, you know, we kind of can go back and talk about the classic ones as well, but I kind of like uh, Matt Smith's 
into Capaldi, it is a little overly sentimental. And, uh, and and I'm talking about when he's not when he's doing the big regeneration energy on the on the top of the building and destroying the Daleks, but um, when we're actually in the TARDIS and you've got that wonderful music from I think it's from the Rings of Akaten, isn't it? The the uh, oh yes, yes. yeah, it, it is. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting choice to use that music. But um, and and he sees uh, little Amelia Pond run by, and he's saying about we're all you know we're all different people and we change and 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 i th- i thought that was quite a positive way of looking at things as well so it's it's quite sad but it's also an acceptance as well it felt like a really nice goodbye to his doctor i did like the taking the, the tie off and everything but I, did, I do think that that one went on too long because you kind of got mm. two regenerations and well we might be talking about that first bit later yeah. on but, mm-hmm. but uh, for me controversially I thought it would have been stunning if he had regenerated on that tower, mm. uh, which I've spoke to a couple of folk before and they said I was mad. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's how it was set up. We thought that that's what, that yeah. was going to happen. I, I, didn't, I, was, I, I didn't expect was, to see him walking back in fresh face again. I remember watching it thinking, like, <laughs> huh, what's happened? He's younger again. Is everything okay? You know? Yeah, and I, I don't buy the whole, like, it's a reset. So why would the reset make him younger again before he... Nah, I, I don't buy that. I mean, that was just a bit too... <laughs> Cod explanation from off at that, but mm. um, but yeah, the regenerations are just such an exciting time, and we've obviously in the new series had such, so many at Christmas, so it's actually going to be good this time this mm. year that it's going to be like Christmas Invasion was excellent because part of it was it's a new doctor, it's his new, it's his first story, mm. as opposed to oh my god, it's the end of a doctor and it's going to be really like a battle to save yeah. the universe. I don't know what the plot of the Ch- Ch- Ruby Road is, but I suspect it's not apocalyptic doom lead and it's going to be fun you know it's, mm. and I think at Christmas that's a better vibe really yeah I think so I think you need something I think you need something a bit more light-hearted at Christmas yeah. and, and by the looks of it and by what I've read so far it sounds like it is it's going to be just that which is great I can't wait to see it um, <laughs> but a- um, another thing about the um sorry the regenerations is as I say there's the fact that this is going to sound really morbid and quite sick, but the cause is a death. I was I was delighted that we had ten. Well, one of tenants because it technically was a regeneration. He was shot by a Dalek, and I remember as a kid always thinking, "Why is this Dalek so the Cybermen never killed him?" And we've actually mm. had, both in the new series we've had a Dalek shoot him, and then of course Peter Capaldi's one. There's a couple of obviously what was the thing that made him change a bit like William Hartnell was it. Yeah. Getting hit on the head by Missy, or was it the? I like to think it was that Cyberman shooting them. Yeah, and <laughs> is what caused it. It's almost like are the, are the writers going to be a bit like Saw soon, where it's like, <laughs> how can we kill this guy or woman? <laughs> you know, uh, what have we not done? Because of course, they're not going to have the Doctor blown up, for no. example. But no. um, when I was a kid, I, I just um, did you ever do fan art as a kid? Uh, like, take, like make up stories, everything like. Yeah, so, yeah, day, pretty but, much, yeah. So I, I quite um, egotistically uh, set up, I made myself the eighth doctor when I was a kid and made my whole error up. So the first story was Monster of Rage, which was like a, a guy in, oh, the name's escaped me, the one in Creature from the Pit. Arato, yeah. Sort of creature. And then right at the end was a story called Scheme Tree, which was about these killer, this is going to sound, I mean, no wonder they didn't come to me for ideas. <laughs> but, uh, but killer trees that electrocuted you. Was what I had in my head as a kid. So my doctor would have got killed by getting electrocuted. And I, I don't know, I was always fascinated as a kid by, because I was just a weird kid. Um, <laughs> how does the, 
I think we this, all were. <laughs> yeah, how, how is the doctor going to die? How would the doctor die? And Because we've had about three, three radiations, three old ages, I think. Yeah. We've had them shot. Mm-hmm. I was just like, are they going to run out of things to do when, <laughs> at some point? And the 35th doctor going to have to, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. At some point, at some point, they're gonna they're gonna run out of uh, out of ideas, aren't they? You know, like you say, the the, the radiation one's been done numerous times now, and uh, the latest one is obviously being shot by a laser. Um, yes, so... shot by a laser, though, yeah. <laughs> which that came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting that. I was quite surprised uh, because I was expecting a big build up to to the regeneration or the bi generation, and I I thought we were getting it at the end. Um, yeah. Well, no, yeah. actually, you tell a lie because I'd, uh, I, I I did see the spoilers for it, unfortunately, but I I didn't believe it up until the point. So yeah, it was um, that was a surprise um, that he was just shot with a laser. But again, it was not. It was nothing. It was nothing massively dramatic, and I, I kind of like that. It felt. It felt almost like a like a classic series. Uh, it not the right. bi generation itself, but the actual the method of him being the method of, that causes the regeneration felt cl- kind of classic. Yeah. One idea I had as a kid was that they could have um, done one where the doctor he or she gets infected in the first episode of the series, mm. and then progressively gets iller as the series goes on. Mm. And then it turns out in the last episode that thing that they touched or whatever in episode one is killing them, and then they die at the end of the series. But I think uh, the makeup department that would be like, well, we can't really have the doctor looking more and more ghastly for eight, fifteen weeks <laughs> and then die. But no, it's just it's fascinating. And yeah. whoever thought of that in '66, can't quite remember who that was. Whether that was Sherry Davis or uh, whoever, what a genius mm. thing! William Hartnell's too ill to continue. Um, we need to replace the actor, but the master stroke was we're not going to bring an actor in to play it the same way. We're going to bring an actor in, he can play it the way he wants because the doctor's an alien, we can just change his face. That mm. is just absolute genius. Yeah. And a whole series of geniuses in the show, and that's why it's survived so long. Yeah. And and also not just dressing him up as the next actor, dressing him up as a as a character that looks like the first doctor. They actually just thought, well, let's totally change his character. Let's change his look. Let's change everything. We're not just going to put Patrick Troughton in a grey wig. And I think that was that was genius move, I think, because a lot of shows probably would have done that. They probably, and we could yeah, have been sat here now if, I mean, I don't think the show would have lasted if that had happened, no, but we no, could have been no. sat here now thinking, who's the next one who's going to be dressed as William Hartnell in the show? You know, we could have, we could have been having a... How we could have been, would that have been? Oh, it would have been that dull have been, as anything. Aye, I mean, it's... Yeah, it uh, wouldn't have worked, would it? No, it wouldn't. It, would have, it wouldn't have lasted probably a year. Yeah. After that. And speaking speaking of that first regeneration, that's that's one of my favourites um, because I I remember seeing that not not actually seeing it live because I'm not that old. I'd got a a video from a sci-fi market with with the cinefilm clips from the end of the tenth planet that somebody had put onto this VHS, and it was a few years before the tenth planet was released on on video and these clips were silent and my friend and I sat in a dark room watching them on and we seeing those shots of Hartnell by the console and the lights and the shadows and and just the weirdness the general weirdness of it all it's um it's it's become one of my favorites so it will always be one of my favorite regenerations because of because of those that kind of that eeriness of of watching it back in the mid 90s 
I, I don't think the effect in itself is particularly brilliant when he's laid on the floor and it just kind of whites out and then comes back to Trout and I don't see a lot of difference in the in the facial features there. But I think the whole build up to it to that in the TARDIS and the fact that that you know it's far from being on all over and you know the body is this body of mine is wearing a bit thin. I, the whole that whole build up to it is just yeah, it's fantastic. I rather like the effect of the first one, to be honest. Um, mm. I like the simplicity of it, how it's a flare-out, and it isn't some, like... Can you imagine, like, if it had been, like, uh, the title sequence where, like, when they had the test with that guy's face, and then... Oh, yeah. And it whirls <laughs> down, and the magic's out of the <laughs> uh, But I like the fact that it's just a big flare-out, and then... And it is a simple effect, isn't it? It's it's much better than the 3 to 4 one, which I oh, think is just... Yeah. I think it's just too simple. That's yeah. just... Come on, guys, you could have thought of something a bit more dramatic. John Perpy's acting his arse off on the floor there, and you just change him like that. Yeah, yeah, they could have they could have gone for something a little bit better um, than that one. I remember being disappointed when I watched Planet of the Spiders for the first time, and I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for this, he's going to change, he's going to change. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a quite a damp squib, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially, especially when you get, you know, fantastic ones like Caves of Androzani and... Um, and Logopolis as well with these fantastic effects um, to get something because I'd seen Logopolis. I think I'd seen Logopolis and the case of Androzani before Planet of the Spiders, I think. So yeah, it's quite a, it's, it, yeah, it's a dull one, isn't it? Um, well, talking of regenerations, we actually posted on Twitter, didn't we? To yes, get yes, some yes. opinions. Now, usually we'd leave this kind of thing till the end, but because we're doing it first, I thought we'd see if I can actually find the comments from people. I thought we'd just run quickly run through a, a few of uh, the comments. So Daniel Rawnsley, he put, uh, the most effective is probably the first, just because it's so strange. Hartnell's face disappearing in white light. I like how the new series has kept the golden volcano out of head and arms consistent and recognizable over the years though the best one is probably the painterly parting of the ways so yeah, i'd have to agree with that i, I did I, like I, the um, i like the the uh jacobian to john sim one though where he screams at the at the camera oh, yeah that was fantastic and i like I the like mcgann that. one as well where he kind of it's kind of got a green light to it and he kind of he just kind of bends over and uh, yeah. But I agree with Daniel and Tears. I like the fact that in the new series, it's got a universal sort of consistent, the golden yeah. thing. Um, I know not everyone agrees with that, uh, but I rather like that it. it's the same. And then it's, you know what's coming. Yeah, it's recognisable. Exactly, you know what's coming. Uh, Human Palindrome, which I believe is Mark Cochran, said Davison yes, yes, into Colin Baker was very memorable, but really trippy, taking the effect used yes. in the previous regeneration with the faces of the companions and enemies, but giving it a dark twist, all building up to the crescendo at the end. And Daniel Knight added to that, plus Nicola Bryant. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the five to six is the other one of my favourites. So I would, I would say the Joe D one, nine to ten, and then that one, because... Again, it's not a big long speech, Peter David. That's actually the way to do it, I think, if the doctor's like in a really horrible situation. Well, mm. no, it's not because they're dying, but yeah, exactly. But he's on the floor. I mean, put aside Nicola Bryant's cleavage, but he's on the <laughs> he's on the floor and he's basically saying it feels different this time, and then he goes. You know, there's yeah. no there's no big speech. He's, he the hero is dragged Nicola Bryant into the yeah. Just saying, well, unfortunately, as Peter Davison said he's upstage by. Nicola Bynes bosom, but yeah. there you go. Still, but he still it, actually socks off. Yeah, he does. He does. And actually, um, I was speaking to somebody else about Caves of Androzani yesterday, and um, I haven't watched it for a long time, and I really need to go and watch it. So, again, 
We've also got Daniel Knight, um, who also puts uh, four into five is probably my favourite, as it was the first time I saw a regeneration. The flashbacks really stuck in my memory. Yeah, I think it's a. It, I think four to five is a. It's a worthy regeneration for a doctor that was there for so long. It's got kind of a bit of an emotional. There's, there's an emotional punch that comes along with that regeneration. I think I like the whole Watcher thing in that. It's so different. This mm. like seeing the face turn to white, and there's been obviously a extended media trying to explain this Watcher thing. Mm. The only thing I don't like about Legopolis is the fact that he dies by falling off a telescope. For me, I thought. He deserved a better, sort of more dramatic mm. exit than that. But I like the whole thing of of this kind of the watcher waiting in the wings, ready to. Oh yeah, that is you know, kind that of the, really the, the, the summit really haunting about the way he kind of just stands there across from the uh, on the on the Barnet bypass, just watching <laughs> them. It's so scary, and it's what it's, yes. Logopolis is one of my favorite Doctor Who stories. I know it's not universally loved, but it's the it's the eeriness of the watcher stuff and. That, that's that's what I love about it. Um, and Lucy McCall actually adds um, about the Watcher. She says that the Watcher was a bit confusing, but very effective. I thought as the vision of the end, following the Fourth Doctor in his final days. I'm generally more in favour of the more gentle regenerations, like the Third Doctor into the Fourth, rather than the TARDIS wrecking energy bursts. Yeah, that's the other thing, isn't it? The the, the whole you saw it with tenants when you saw it with Capaldi's when this whole holding on, holding on, not regenerating, and then suddenly it means that everything blows yeah. up around them. Um, yeah, I, I see what she means, and I agree, really. Mm. I mean, can it not just be a they change and yeah. that's it? They don't have to always wreck everything. Yeah. Instead, it, we didn't get the 14th Doctor wrecking the TARDIS. We had Donna doing it instead, didn't we, in the Starbase? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, I've done it again! <laughs> just after it's brand new, and I mean, typical Donna. Brilliant. Wonderful. Rod, uh, so Rod who, he says 11 to 12 is shocking because of the brevity of the regeneration itself. Bang, and Capaldi is there. Favourite, though, is almost impossible. However, I will defend six to seven, but mainly because of what surrounds it. <laughs> Kate Mara at her camp is best. We'll get onto that later. Kef's music and the explosive new theme. I do, I actually, yeah, I do, I do like the, the build-up to you know when you, the, the music and the whole bang straight into that McCoy mm -hmm. opening titles. I yeah, I like that. I love the on the DVD because I've not got the Blu-ray. The DVD it's I'll be on Blu-ray as well. Off like they've done a reimagining of that, mm. but it's a it's a it's a Easter egg. I think mm. where you see Colin's face when it turns over, it is Colin's face, and he more and that it's just like yeah, if all of yeah. it like that. Yeah, because of course you can tell it's Sylvester McCoy, and I know that the director says, "Oh, that's the best we could do," but. I think that's bollocks. Really. I think they could have yeah. done. Surely they could have done a better effect than that in '87. It would have even just, it, better just to have had him. I don't know if it if the, if it had been a if it had been a new series standing up regeneration with his back to the camera, and we could see an effect or something. And then he turns around and call it, uh, McCoy has stood there. I was thinking that you could have just had the Rani turn him over and it was Sylvester McCoy, but I guess the viewers would have known beforehand. Mm. And it would have been like, all oh, right, there he is. I can see why they would be like, what do we do here? But I just, yeah, it's a wig, for God's sake. <laughs> um, Jenny Rich says, five into six, the way we see an after image of five just after six sits up. I've not noticed that before. Oh, is that? I've, no, hmm. I don't think I've noticed that. I wonder if it's the moment that he sits up and you get the big explosion that may possibly you see an after image, but I've not. I'm going to have to go back and do the yeah. pause button on, like, 16s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll end up doing that. <laughs> now, 
But yeah, it's a, if there is uh, that, they're like, wow, I've never. Yeah, well done for it. spotting it if that if that's yeah. the case. But yeah, another reason to go back and watch Case of Androzani. Um, Dan Pin says it's definitely not Sylvester in a wig. Um, probably <laughs> Devo into Colin, the heroic last act of the Doctor, yeah. all Devo's companions, the Master, the 1980s trippy effects, oh, and Perry's cleavage. <laughs> She's been um, on quite a few times. <laughs> uh, Dan Hollingsworth says, for me, it has to be four into five. The watcher lurking about at the edge of the motorway, the doctor knowing something's up. Then the big fall with the companion's reaction, eye lines not all matching. It was my first regeneration. I just turned eight. So it it, it thrilled me. I don't believe that Dan Hollingsworth was eight years old in 19, 1980. Either. But, but he, uh, he, he, <laughs> he must a good be. point, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Seen your first one. Because mm. uh, my first one would have been seven and eight, mm. and that was really shocking. That Same for me. Like... If you discount the videos, the actual oh, current yeah, yeah. one was seven. It uh, was seven to eight for me. I mean, he gets he goes through the tufts and he gets shocked to bits. I mean, can you imagine them doing that now? I was talking earlier about how the doctor gets killed, and they definitely did. They were the saw films before the saw films. Those yeah. makers, they, they went, "How are we going <laughs> to kill the doctor? Let's just gun him down." <laughs> I mean. It was shocking. It was like, oh my god! I was I was upset because you know you probably the same as me because you and you and I I think were similar ages and we the, yeah, the, yeah. we'd kind of grew up with the seventh Doctor being there and he was in the books and he was in the comics and and he was the current Doctor for us during the Wilderness years and then all of yeah. a sudden he's getting gunned down uh, and he was you know he was my yeah. childhood Doctor. I was like. Oh no! Please don't. I mean, going out with a bang. Literally, yeah, literally. yeah, yeah. It's interesting how your first one is, and it, when it's your doctor, it's it's mm. yeah, yeah, it's, shocking, shocking. Yeah. Lee Wood says, for me, it's either the first, which is still very effective, or the TV movie, which was the biggest leap forward in terms of special effects from the previous one. Yeah, I agree yeah, that the, yeah. the special effects were. The, we, I mean, yeah, you've got McCoy gurning a little bit there, <laughs> but but I I like that we actually see the face morph into the yes. McGann I think that hadn't been done before so it's uh, it's nice that we were at a stage where we were able to do that now and, and having if... like the Frankenstein thing as well it's, mm. that was really good there's a lot of that movie that's really good it, w- it would be interesting actually if we could kind of go back to something similar to that where we actually you know mm-hmm. actual physical change rather than a uh, you know, a, a volcano and the, the faces kind of morph it'd be nice to see them stretching out into the new Doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure yeah. we could do that these days with oh, the yeah, effects yeah. that we've got. Gareth Preston says, I like the organic quality of Baker to Devo. Love the moment with when Fifth's eyes snap open. Um Robert Bates says, probably yeah. Caves of Androzani. Peter Davison was my first doctor and was gutted he was leaving. Again, your first your first doctor leaving. Effects for it still look good. Somebody called I think it's A Tapalek said, honestly, I don't think they've ever really surpassed the first one. Startingly convincing effect. James H. um, also put, scene-wise, first Jodie to the uh, magic clothes. Second, nine to ten with a genuinely amazing level of detail in the hair changing. Third, by generation, build-up story. First, power of the Doctor. Uh, Second, the giggle. Post-story, first, Power of the Daleks, and second, Woman Who Fell to Earth. And Trev Ellis said, Jodie's sad but joyful at the same time and absolutely stunning visually. Yeah, so... I don't want to go into a, a rabbit hole, but yeah, I, I, we never found out really like in story why Jodie's clothes changed with her, did we? I, I think we all no. thought it was a toy maker and then mm. I think Russell said something about he didn't want 
it looked like David Tennant was in drag or something, which um, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't agree with at all. Um, I no, I think it was a, yeah, that was a bit, that but, was a bit of a, a mistake saying that. I think wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, but yeah, that's part of the charm, isn't it? It's that mm. the the, doc, the old doc, the new doctors in the old ones' clothes. That, that's always quite funny. It's yeah. quite quirky. McCoy and uh, Baker's <laughs> Baker's jacket just looked. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. it's, it's. I mean, I mean, it's. You know, the 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 whole clothes changing thing. Um, I mean, that occurred for the first time in in Tenth Planet to Power of the Daleks, didn't it? So the the costume regenerated as well at the same time. So I suppose it's been done before, but again, yeah. it yeah. would have been nice to because we didn't really get the 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 kind of the usual post regenerative craziness from the doctor yeah, yeah we didn't get that i mean we had that little mini scene the the uh the children in need mini scene that we that we got where i suppose tenant was a little bit kind of wackier after he just i'm assuming it's after he just regenerated um but we we kind of just went straight into into him already fully formed and you know mm-hmm. ready ready and raring to go so and i guess now we've you know we've got the bi generation as well i guess there's just different ways of doing it i suppose it, again, yeah, it would have been nice to have got some explanation for the clothes, but uh, we can we can always speculate for the next twenty odd years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when did where when did the toy makers start influencing? I mean, he said, well, anyway, I but we could go on a tangent for. <laughs> uh, but the, either by generation was, uh, that was I thought that was really funny. Just mm. like they take parts of the clothes, and there was a, <laughs> there was just a video today actually where Nucci was saying that. David Tennant filmed his bit first. So mm. he got to choose which bits of the clothes he kept. Yeah, so, brilliant. I see. I, I assumed that was Russell wanting to put put him in his underpants, but uh, but if no. it was Tennant, then oh, yeah. Cheeky I Tenant. couldn't believe Russell would ever want a very gorgeous sort of man <laughs> set with no way. Oh, dear. Okay, so we'll move on to your next topic now. And it's a it's a favourite piece of music or or a scene with some music that you've picked? Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who and the music is always uh, go hand in hand, don't they? I mean, mm-hmm. Sylvester McCoy's theme as a kid terrified me. I mean, mm. seeing that music and then Sylvester McCoy winking at you, silver-faced, out the telly. <laughs> 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 he looked quite a frightening-looking man. Um, mm. And the show's had so many bits of music. I mean, everything from the cyber theme in the 60s mm. to the master theme in the 70s, Dudley Simpson scores. Um, then you had the eighties. You had the uh, the two doctors, for example. I think is a good score. And Mysterious mm. Planets, probably my favourite. Yeah. Score in all the Doctor Who. I just think it's wonderful from mm. Glenn. And then we've got the new series, of course, with Murray Gold and so on. But the scene I chose and the bit of music I chose was "Don't Tell." I think it's called "Don't Tell Me the Rules," and it's from the yeah. time in the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's the scene where the Doctor goes on the the clock tower and rants at the Daleks that not I'm not gonna die, thank you very much. Yeah. And here's a blast of regeneration energy to destroy you all. Yeah, it's that scene. I mean, the time the Doctor is a strange one for me. I, I think the first 50 minutes, it's a complete mess. Mm. And it's just chopping between Clara having a Christmas dinner or trying to make a Christmas dinner and the Doctor with Tasha Yet Lem 
um, being flirty and trying to save this village, and it's just a bit all over the place. Yeah. But once Clara joins him, and we have that scene just before it with uh, where he's basically saying, "Time's up. I'm on my last regeneration. I've been here thousand years, whatever. We know what's going to happen because we've seen Trenzalor. You know, I'm, I'm my grave is here. So that's mm. going to kill me in a minute. So goodbye. Yeah. Um, that's when for me, I, the last ten minutes of that story, I think are. 10 minutes of probably one of the best 10 minutes in the whole Doctor Who. You know, what's going to happen? Is this it? Is this it? If it hadn't, if it followed all the rules before, obviously, Doctor Who shenanigans, that's the end of the show. It's the mm-hmm. last regeneration and he's he's dead. Yeah. His time's up. But when he goes up on the clock tower, I think the music starts from when he's on the top and he's talking about, you know, yeah, I'm dying. You know, you think I've got something up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Do your do your worst, boys, and they start instead of shooting the doctor, the sadistic Daleks decide to just shoot the whole village. Yeah, <laughs> just, nah, we'll just we'll just bomb all the village, but we'll kill everybody else wait. and let you watch. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, the music, the bit that kicks in is when he sees the, well, Amy's crack, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the crack in the sky. Now, the whole scene, okay, if you think about it logically, makes no sense whatsoever because the Time Lords are in another universe. They've somehow managed to open this crack bigger in the sky, give them regeneration energy, whatever. So if you look at it that way, then what the hell's going on? Mm. But I just think it is absolutely, the piece of music is just fantastic in that he just, he gets the the, the regeneration energy and then the music, when he's, he's looking at his hands and just the whole... I mean, I won't hum the tune, but I'm not going to do it on this podcast. <laughs> People can look it up on the on the CD or on YouTube. Uh, but just the whole scene is the music ramps up, ramps up, ramps up, ramps up. And his hands are blown. And then, of course, one arm's going, then the other arm's going. And then he says, love from Gallifrey, boys. And he just gets this oon for life because yeah. he knows I'm going to change again. They've given me a new lease of life, literally. Mm. As I say, it makes no sense in terms of, like, why is regeneration energy exploding all the Dalek ships? Yeah. But... Who cares? It's just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, might have to edit that. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. Swearing. It's fine. But it's just, I'll, I just find it's a wonderful piece of music and scene where, because he says, doesn't he, if you want my life, come and get it. Yeah, yeah. Literally screaming at them. And then, yeah. the, and then it's just, I love it. And then it, the bit at the end where, like, the, it's supposed to be so powerful, the whole church tower collapses and you see the shockwave coming towards the camera. Mm. And as I said earlier, for me, I wish that had been the, been it. Mm. And then suddenly we, I don't know, the camera zooms in on the wreckage and coming out the wreckage is Peter Capaldi's doctor. I thought that would have been quite cool. But... I, that's how I thought it was going to happen, actually. I thought we were going to, we were either going to see the, the doctor lying there broken and, you know, about to regenerate or Capaldi would have come out of that, out of the wreckage. Yeah. But it didn't happen like that, so... <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a shame to me that there was five minutes after it. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was... Uh, I, I guess you couldn't end the episode on that, but I think the Doctor should have changed there because I thought that was just a glorious sort of last speech to give. Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like he's having to do it again five minutes later, do another speech to say goodbye. And, and as much as I you know, I said earlier that I, I like that final speech, it does feel like uh, two goodbyes and uh, it, it almost is like it's doing a, a bit of a double, double tenant, really, doesn't it? It's like, you know... We're going to say well, goodbye and say goodbye again. And then he says goodbye a third time and deep breath to Clara. Yeah. <laughs> so he has like a third goodbye. It's like, right, okay, he's saying goodbye again. Um, Let him go. <laughs> but I just I, I just think Murray Gold's music, I mean, 
most been interested in the courses back now, and I loved mm-hmm. his music in the three specials. I did. I was one of these people that thought he's coming back. Is he not sort of done everything he can do? Mm. But I knew this was going to happen. Like Russell, it was going to be. He'll come back and he'll have new ideas. He'll yeah. know, and of course he has because he's a great musician. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's kind of. Music. He's 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 definitely like uh, you know f- f- myself. Um, I I like Murray Gold. I really like his stuff. I think I think his earlier stuff is better. I think, and then I think he he lo- he loses away slightly, maybe, and then he he finds himself again because I, I I don't I don't like some of the kind of big bombastic music that you get in there's a there's a lot of stuff in in journey's end and um the, the stolen earth with the you know contacting the doctor and 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 sometimes i get a little bit fed up of the whole the the, the daleks kind of a, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, all that business and oh, yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah. sometimes it's like oh my god sometimes it's it's a little bit overpowering but one of my all-time favorite pieces was the shepherd's boy from heaven sent um, I just yeah, think yeah. it's such a wonderful piece. And I actually kind of prefer Sagan Akinola, but I think the difference between Sagan Akinola and Murray Gold is you could probably put on a Murray Gold CD and uh, go and pick a couple of tracks off it and just enjoy them in isolation. And it, you know, you, you, you feel something. They're almost like tunes, whereas Akinola's music is more, it's more kind of a bit more ambient. It's a bit more background kind of music. Yeah. You know, it's not. I I wouldn't specifically go and. I mean, maybe I would. There's some. There's some. There's some tracks that he's done that uh, that I would go and listen to. You know, the, the end of Halloween Apocalypse is one of one of his oh, greatest. Yeah, I find myself walking around the house sometimes, um, just humming Murray Gold music. So and but whereas I wouldn't probably do that with a second Akinola. So yeah, I think it swings and roundabouts really uh, with it. And and I think as well, he has come back for the specials and he, he is different. I think he is slightly different because I don't feel like, I felt like the music was complementing the scenes and working with the scenes a little bit more in harmony rather than mm-hmm. back in the day when it was kind of, and it's, you know, it's been spoken before on other podcasts where sometimes he's telling you how to feel. So you must be sad here. You must, you know, here's Donna with her theme. You must, you must find this funny, this bit. So I think he's come back and he's, it felt like it, he was working a bit more in harmony with what we were seeing on the screen rather than kind of telling you what to feel. Yeah, I like, I like them both. And as I say, I was actually hoping that we were going to get a brand new mm. musician. But then, of course, you hear something like the 15th Doctor's theme and you're thinking, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you're back it. there, aren't you? you, you you're yeah, quite happy to it. have him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just that is. But the scene, that scene in the time the doctors just that's the track I go to more than any other mm. because it's just. I just think it's such a. Like he's raging against the light, the, the, mm. isn't he? Um, mm. He's saying it's the moment where he thinks he's going to die for real, and then he's like, "No, nah, I've got the regeneration energy and." You can take all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love it. It's just the build up, the build up, as yeah. I said. And yeah, I just think it's a brilliant track. And it's one nobody ever talks about. No, well, strangely, I um when you mentioned the track, I was trying to think, what is it? Where where you know, you you would said it was from uh Time of the Doctor, and I was like, What which where what what track actually is it? So um I, I listened to it uh, the other day and I listened to it a few times as well, and it is. I was like, 
Oh yeah, I mean, I've, this is this is great. I mean, I must have obviously heard it before on the show, but um, just being able to listen to it in isolation, it was a it was a great track. Maybe because we're eighties kids, but I do like some of the eighties ones. Mm. Like to see, like uh, the two doctors is one that tune when the second doctor, of course, is getting when the Santarans come in, da, 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 and all that. Um, and I mean, Dudley Simpson's just got some crackers, doesn't he? I mean, let's oh, just be honest. Um, yeah. It's just we've been so blessed of such great music over the years, and yeah, wonder what's going to happen. Mm. We know the fifteenth Doctor theme, but wonder what. Well, we know there's goblins in the Christmas special, for yes. example. So he's have, obviously going to have a theme for him. Have you have you have you listened to the the goblin the goblin song yet? Oh, I love it! If that's <laughs> Christmas number one, I will cackle outrageously because it's, it'll be probably a Christmas number one talking about children getting eaten by a goblin. That, that's just. <laughs> The world needs us right now. Let's be honest. It does. It does. We need to be able to uh, to have a bit of a laugh over things like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, I, and that whole scene as well, where he's um, he, where the Doctor and Ruby are, are, are climbing over the uh, above, and he's just he's just looking through the gap in the floor, and he's like, "Ah, oh, brilliant!" And she's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, this is fantastic. This is brilliant." Honestly, I can't. I can't wait to see him. I cannot wait to see him. And and again, we will have seen him by the time this goes out. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, sure yeah. he'll be great. Sure yeah, be great. I think so. Um, and and of course, you know, we've we we have had some missteps with music before. You know, we've got um, we've got some of the mm -hmm. certain yes. music like uh, <laughs> we, we've got Death to the Daleks. You know, there's some cho choices oh, there. God. Yeah, you know? I mean, I like um, Carrie Bright, Carrie Bright and isn't it? Mm, yes. Yeah. It's weird. I, I like his music in Doctor Who and the Silurians for some reason. But mm. Death to Daleks, I just cannot stand it. Mm. Or the, the Revenge of the Cyberman one is mm. Cybermen, sorry, one as well. But something about it just seems to work in Silurians. I have no idea why. Mm. But yeah, and I'm, everyone has a go at Je Kef McCulloch, but actually I'm, check out his score for Time in the Rani. It is fantastically nuts. Yeah. And I love it. Mind you, I love that story full stop. Um, and it's great. I mean, you know, he did because he does Remembrance, doesn't he? Remembrance of the Daleks yeah, as well. Yeah. That's an amazing soundtrack, that is. The yeah. the scene where I mean I, I always joke, you know, have you if if you've never walked through a graveyard listening to a Kef McCulloch track, are you actually a Doctor Who fan? It's it's just yeah. it's just fantastic. Uh, you know, the getting the drums in there and yeah, it's uh, it's great. I did look at Terror of the Vervoids recently, and I love Dominic Glenn's music, but mm. there is a couple of bits in that where it's like, what? <laughs> what mm. is he doing? Like, there's a, there's a um, sort of jaunty wee theme when the Doctor's walking past the room, for example, mm. where there's something dangerous going on, and you're thinking, what? that doesn't seem appropriate, that bit of music. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, who is it who does the music for Attack of the Cybermen? Because that grates a little bit on me. I can't remember who oh, does that. Oh, God. Uh, who's that? Is that a Malcolm Clark one? I can't remember. Um, Possibly, but that that whole that Litton that Litton thing that da -na -na, da -na -na, da -na -na, and it's like yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's a, you know Attack of the Cybermen for me is a bit of a strange story. Feels so I'm not really a big fan of that one. Um, it, it, it's mildly entertaining, but it's uh, it's not it's not great. <laughs> oh, another one that springs to mind, which is good, though, is Frontiers. Mm, yeah, which is very haunting, very haunting music in that that sort of wind chime sort of. It'll probably turn out it's a totally not a wind instrument, but it sounds like <laughs> a wind instrument. Um, Legopolis, I like Legopolis. 
they've got some good cursor of Oliver. Mm. That yeah. bit at the beginning where when they're running away from the ambulance when they're running away in the ambulance yeah and and i think you know for me i think i've got more of a soft spot for the 80s stuff because kind of reminds me of the 80s and you know it reminds me of being a kid so you know i i do like a lot of those those early 80s tracks as well um but i like some of the more experimental stuff as well so stuff like and it's not got a lot of incidental music in it but um things like inferno where it's oh, kind yes. of it's yes. very kind of do me even describe yeah yeah, yeah or, that, or that is very good or Trist, uh, is it Tristram Carey who does the music for the Daleks uh, the original Dalek story that kind of that kind of um, oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's very experimental pieces. Um, it's about time we had every single soundtrack released, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Probably never going to get it. But speaking of which, when's, yeah. when's a Series 10 soundtrack going to come out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting on that one. Um, yeah. Come on, buddy. Sort it out. Yeah, whether he'll release it or not, I don't know. He might want to get get his uh, newer stuff out first. Otherwise, I suppose it maybe he thinks it's overshadowing the new Doctor if he was to bring out a, an old Doctor's soundtrack. I don't know. But yeah, now okay, he's back. We've got a better I've... chance now of getting it out there. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why it's popped in my brain just randomly, but you know how that meme's going around with the toy maker where he says the first screenshot is when he's talking about somebody, and then the second one's the doctor making an explanation, and then the third one is, Well, that's all right then. Yeah, I've just thought I've just that now of them going, Oh, and you didn't release that series 10 soundtrack, <laughs> yeah, but I've released the number 11, number 11, 12, 13s came out. Well, that's all right then. <laughs> you need to make that meme now, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> If I know how to do it, I would. <laughs> if I do it, I'll I'll make sure it's credited to you, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for part one of my discussion with Dave Rennie. We'll be back for the final part of this particular series or season of What's in the Box next week. Whatever you're doing, I hope you're having a good time and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Shit.